Come on. He is strong. He is powerful. He is Ryan Cote. He is the director of digital services and a partner of Ballantine, a third-generation family-owned direct mail and digital marketing company. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, George. Happy to be here. Let's do this. Yeah, excited to have you on. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Okay, let's start with personal. Um, married for almost 15 years, so that's a milestone. Um, and three kids. 10, 8, and 6 as uh, at the time of this recording, all girls. Um, keeps me busy with all the sports and dance and soccer and all that. Um, and I'm in, I live in New Jersey. I've been here my whole life, um, except for when I went to college in Pennsylvania. Uh, but yeah, New Jersey all my life. And work, um, I am partner in partners uh, with my two brothers and my uncle in our family owned third generation marketing agency that my great uncle started um, in 1966. So we're on 55 years. Um, I My main responsibility is on the digital marketing side because we do direct mail and digital, and I'm on the digital side. So that's my uh, that's my career, and that's a little bit about me personally. Nice, that's oh. awesome. And why I do what I do? I forgot about that part. Um, why I do what I do? So work, um, I, 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 I didn't have plans to go into the family business at a, at a college, but I, I did graduate with a marketing degree, so I knew I be, would be in marketing. Um, had a couple of jobs outside there. Then uh, my brother went into the family business, and I just started thinking about, oh, it'd be kind of cool to work with him. Um, you know, they didn't have a marketing person at the time, so I, I had a, a I had a role I could fill. And um, I've always liked marketing, and um, now my role is more like sales, which I enjoy too, selling and just working with clients and trying to solve problems and trying to get them results and it's just uh, what I like about at least my, what I like about my profession is that every day is different. Literally, every day is different because you don't know what's like. Different clients have different different needs, um, and just every day is a little bit different, which is nice. The variety is is uh, refreshing. Yeah, appreciate that very much. So, when you say that a direct mail company didn't have a marketing person, how how how, how does that work? I would sort of combine direct mail in, in, into the marketing umbrella, but that I'm, I'm, I'm wrong a lot. No, that's a good question. So they didn't have a marketing person marketing the actual Ballantine. The way they got clients back in the day, pre-2003, which is when I joined, it was strictly um, referrals and just cold calling, like outbound, just making calls and hmm. uh, just yeah, those are the two main channels. When I joined, like or like a year or two before, they just started dabbling in trade shows. And so they used to show me the things they would put together to try to get people to the booth and the actual booth itself. And so they were just starting to step into a little bit of marketing. Um, but I was the first person there that actually built the web, um, well, they had a website, but marketed the website uh, advertised the newsletters, managed all the trade show marketing, sent out sample kits, and just you know, just a more of a uh, systematic marketing program. You know, got it. Perfect. So, when you're looking at the landscape today, it's it's obviously massive. You've, I mean, when I think about digital marketing and marketing in general, there's so many different ways to make your business known in the universe. But y'all are still doing direct mail. Yes. So that's still that's still a pretty viable medium. 
It is. You know, uh, you know, it, it, like anything, it's changed. It, you know, the, the, all the direct mail is dead, like clickbait kind of articles out there. <laughs> um, it's not dead. It's just changing like anything. Um, it's, you know, we, we focus a lot on the right industries that use direct mail, like nonprofits. You know, they they almost have to use direct mail because they need to get the money back. I know you can donate online, but it just depends on the demographics. And so direct mail is still a big part for nonprofits, for travel, for healthcare. Um, there's certain industries that rely heavily on direct mail, and those are the industries that um, publishing to an extent too, like magazine publishing. That used to be very big for us back in the 90s, but less less so now. But still, still we have some clients in the area. So it just depends on the industry. Um, and when I say it's changing, like so, we go back to like the 80s. We used to do all the Columbia House stamp sheet, nice. CD mailers, and AOL the disc mailers. <laughs> They would just like pound people into submission, just mailing everyone under the sun, and um, just not as targeted, you know. And so nowadays, the the mailings are more targeted. They're smaller because you're mailing to a smaller but more targeted list, and so it's just changed, like any like any business. It's interesting as 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 you were sort of explaining that to me. I thought, well, I wonder if there's still a demographic out there that's just not comfortable doing business over the internet. Is there still a demographic out there, or is everybody pretty comfortable? I mean, they're more comfortable, especially now with COVID. That's forced everyone online. Right. But, um, this episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. You know the, the uh, you know the older the older demographic of course, um, and I'm not going to give an age because I don't really have the numbers in front of me, and I don't sure. I don't, don't want to make generalizations. But the older demographic, um, you know, they're definitely more prone to use direct mail. Um, but it just depends. It really depends. Yeah, yeah, certainly. <clears throat> so when you are working with with a client and they say, well, we're interested in just increasing our business. I think that my, my, my thought would be you'd want, want to take an integrated approach um, and, and look at all the different mediums, but walk me through that process. Yeah. So it, it's, it's really interesting with, with our business, we have two, well, technically we're actually two separate companies legally just under one umbrella. Um, but we've got, to, we've got the direct mail side and we have the digital side and they're, and they're very different um, audiences. So I'm going to answer this from the digital side because the direct mail side, we're really a production company, which means people, companies that do a lot of mail, like we work with very large companies on that, on that end, um, that you do a lot of direct mail and they just want someone to handle all the complexities so they don't have to deal with it because there's a lot of things that, it's funny when you get that piece of mail in your, in, in your mailbox, what, what has led up to that point? There's so many steps and so many hmm. just like boxes to check off. It's, it's incredible. Um, and so on the digital side though, we work with manufacturers, um, professional service companies, contractors, those are usually the ones that we, usually the types of companies we work with. So they come to us, yes, to grow their business. Um, and for us, it starts with understanding like who they, who their audience is, what they're doing now, you know, are they doing anything? If they are doing something, what are they doing? How is it working? Like, what are we, like, what's sort of like the baseline, um, but we do have like a set like integrated package just to go back to what you said. We do have a set integrated package that we usually 
um, run our digital clients through, and it's usually a combination of um, SEO, so search engine optimization, Google advertising, uh, LinkedIn advertising, uh, LinkedIn posts, content creation, like blogging, and um, email newsletters. And so we try to like nowadays you don't want to rely on one channel. Like you know, let's take SEO for example. Give you, I can give a concrete I can give a concrete example here. So SEO, search engine optimization, you're, you're you know trying to rank organically on Google. It's still very important, but it's not really it's not as useful as a standalone channel nowadays. Um, it can be, but it's it's not as useful because you know Google has completely changed the landscape of their search results. The ads used to be top and sidebar, and now they're all the way to top, pushing organic down. And if you look at the search results page, you've got the Google Maps being embedded. You've got frequently asked questions. You've got the the featured snippets, which is Google trying to answer the question for you without you having to go to a website. So my point is, the search results page is very noisy now. There's a lot of ha- there's a lot happening. You have to scroll through a lot to actually get to the organic section. So if you rely solely on SEO, you're potentially missing out on a lot of traffic because people will get distracted and click away before they actually get to your results in the organic side. So you just want to be more like to use your word integrated. You don't want to rely on one channel. You want to have you know paid going, organic going, creating content, promoting on LinkedIn or Facebook managing an email newsletter just to nurture and, and drip on your contacts. That's the best case scenario. Yeah, that, that, that that's really makes sense to me. And, you know, I think it would be great if, uh, if a business could get to the top, you know, a couple of results on Google organically, but I have to imagine that that would take a really long time. It does like in our business, like, like one of the hardest things, um, like every business has something that's hard. Ours is expectations hmm. and, you know, and we can, you know, we don't control Google um, and we don't control the person that's visiting our client's website. We try to do our best to influence them and get them as many leads as possible. But in the end, there's a lot that's out of our control. And sometimes things take a long time. Sometimes they don't. It's It just depends on many, many factors. So setting the expectations and controlling those expectations is um, is really, really crucial. And the way we do that is just through communication, just communicating with clients a lot, you know, never going dark. That's been a that's been an important part of our, the way we communicate, the way we um, work with clients. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. One of the things I wanted to ask you was what, what do you wish that more people knew about digital advertising? And that probably falls into that category. It does. I would say it, yeah, it definitely it can, t- it can take longer than you think. Um, and also you don't, you usually don't get it right on the first try. Um, because there's just like, you know, if you look at each marketing channel, like SEO, pay-per-click and Google ads, you know, you don't always target the right keywords right off the bat, you know, um, content, you don't always, you don't always create the content that's going to resonate the best or the most right off the bat. And so, yeah, sometimes it takes a few turns of the dial to figure out what's working and then you double down on that. So that's, those are the two things, expectations and it takes longer than you, than you, than you think. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes a, it takes a few you know tweaks to make it work best. Yeah, I imagine that that's uh, like anything else. Like uh, I think it, it it's oftentimes hard for a business owner, the entrepreneur who is brilliant and effective at, at their craft, to then turn around and really articulate what they do. So there's value in helping somebody sort of smooth out their message. And I imagine that's 100% true of their digital marketing efforts when you find somebody who's trying to do it on their own. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, because it's not their it's not their it's not their profession or their specialty. So we'll often take over, like using Google Ads as an example, we'll overtake we'll often take over accounts that were managed by the owner or or someone that that was just given to them as like a side responsibility. And yeah, we're in it every day. And so, you know, it's like if I tried to work on my car versus a mechanic, the mechanic's going to know what to look for right away and what to do right away. Whereas I would just be tinkering and, you know, messing something up, you know, so it's very similar to that. Yeah, I should not be under the hood of my car ever, let alone every day trying to make it work. So, <laughs> And then you, you factor in that, that everything's always changing on all of these platforms, I'm sure. I know that Google is notorious for just changing things around and making everybody scramble. Yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're always changing. They, they, they do hundreds of changes a, a, a year with a few big changes per year. Um, so, yeah, you have to constantly... You know, the way I look at that, so I, I don't, I try not to stress too much about the algorithm updates because it would just make you go insane. Hmm. Uh, we just try to do the, like, in terms of like what we see and what we think is best, we just try to do the best things possible. Like the things that make sense to us, like create good content that has the right keywords. If you're doing link building, good links, not junky links, um, you know, and just try to make the site the best it can. So, and then I feel like, yeah, well, some algorithm updates get us maybe because, you know, there's, there might be some factors we're not considering, but I feel like just doing the best you can and then just focusing on that and not getting distracted by the updates, that's the way we approach it. That makes sense. When you say good links, not junky links, what does that mean? <clears throat> so junky links, so uh, let me start from the beginning. Like, a, link, a link is another site linking back to you. So it, it, it's also called like a backlink. So um, uh, like... Like take your podcast for example, show a show notes page. You know, a show notes page usually links back to the 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 guest website, and that's a backlink. So it's another site linking back to uh, linking to another site. And so Google looks at that as a vote. So if site A is linking to site B, site A is in theory voting for site B as like a quality site because why else would it link to it? Um, they want to they want to share the the website with their visitors, and so that vote helps your rankings go up. And it, it used to be more, um, it used to be more important, George, in like 2000, you know, before 2012, when all like the major algorithm updates started happening. But it's still a very important. It's just, it's just part of a, you know, you, you can't just rely on links. You have to do other things too. Whereas back in the day, you could just pound your site with links, and that's all you needed to do. So, a junky link versus a, versus a good link. So a good link is typically, I mean, the best kind of link you get is like the earned links. Like you create good content. And someone just naturally links to it because they really like it. Okay, that's like the best case scenario. You know, you create good content, or you create a good resource, and someone links to it naturally because it's good. Um, and then there's guest posting, so that's creating content for other sites. So if you've got a blog and you want content, I've got a site that I want to promote. I'm going to create content for you, and in that content for free, and in that content is a link back to my site so it's like an exchange the blog is the blogger is getting the content that he or she needs and i'm putting the time into creating the content because i want the link that's going to be in the guest post so those are like those are really good links to get um and crappy links would be like um well any you know anything black hat like there's people that will hack sites to put their links mm. in the footer like that that's like the obvious malicious stuff but like like low quality profile links or sites that are made just for links, like these really junky directories, um, any site that's very spammy, 
um, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, I guess I, the way I would summarize is if it takes you a long time to get the link, it's probably a good link. If it takes you seconds to get the link, it probably isn't a good link. Yeah. Well, that certainly makes sense. So in terms of if somebody's listening and they say, you know what, I've been meaning to engage with somebody or an agency to help me with my digital marketing. How do you counsel people to think about budgeting for that? Yeah. So I think every agency is going to take, is going to handle it a little bit differently. Like uh, us personally, the way we've handled it, we have, we have set packages that we offer clients. We've got three packages of different budgets and they there it's all integrated, all the different channels I described. And so it has to make sense. Like, we look at the client. We say, "Well, what's what are they doing now? It, it can, do we think we realistically can help them?" Um, and then you have to think about, you know, what's your customer value. And so we try to stay away from well, we stay away from clients where their their customer value is very low because it would take us a lot to get them a return on their investment. Um, and so I think as a business, you need to look at like what what do you make on what do you make on a customer, um, and then what what's your sales process? We've taken on clients before that they didn't have a good sales process. And so what we learned is that we have to make sure that when we onboard a new client, that they do have a sales process because our job is to get them leads, but then they have to convert those leads into sales. And if they've got a really disorganized sales process or no, no sales process, no CRM, no person that's dedicated to sales where it's like any, any person takes the call and hopes for the best, this probably not going to work. So I would say if you're thinking about digital marketing, look, look at your customer value, see what you can realistically afford to spend um, on a lead or, or to acquire a customer and then make sure you have a really buttoned up sales process, get a CRM, make sure you have a person that's at least partially dedicated to the, the calls coming in. Um, and then you have to have a follow up process as well. Cause you know, it's, you know, I'm, I'm, it's very rare that the client turns into the prospect turns into a client on the first call. It usually takes multiple follow ups. So that's what I would say. Love it. Well, Ryan, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? All right, George, I'm, I'm actually not going to go marketing, so I'm going to go something completely different. Nice. Um, but I really believe in it. It's a real passion project for me, um, personal development. And um, and so, and, and honestly, I, I think personal development is very intertwined into business. And so it's it's separate, but it's really not in my view. Um, and so my tip is, is on morning routines. Um, I want to encourage everyone to start a morning routine. Um, get up 30 minutes early, 45 minutes early, an hour, you know, 30 minutes to an hour is, is a good sweet spot. And, and, you know, invest in yourself, set the tone for the day, work on yourself. You know, me personally, I do, you know, meditation, journaling, exercise. Um, I do some gratitude practice. Um, I set my priorities for the day. I, um, I write down who I'm going to recognize that day or acknowledge or at least reach out to. So I've got a whole a list of things that I do. It takes about 45 minutes. But you know, my routine doesn't need to be your routine. Just figure out what's going to work for you. But the point is get up a little bit early on your terms, invest in yourself, and set the tone for the day. And if you do that over a month, two months, three months, it's, uh, it could be very life-changing. I know that sounds like dramatic, but I really believe in that. I think that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Like, it would be impossible for me to agree anymore, Ryan. I, I, awesome. I think you're a thousand percent on point. So well said. Thanks, George. Well, Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can people engage with you? 
Yeah. I have, first of all, I appreciate um, you, George, I appreciate it, George, if, uh, if you have me on. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, yeah, so the website for Ballantine, it's very easy. It's ballantine.com. It's spelled B-A-L-L-A-N-T-I-N-E, ballantine.com. Perfect. If you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ryan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to ballantine.com, B-A-L-L-A-N-T-I-N-E.com. Check out the great resources and get in touch with Ryan. Thanks again, Ryan. Thanks, George. Take care. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. <laughs>